0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Fox Sports Radio. Happy Friday morning. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. They are back on Monday. Uh, Got a big NFL hour coming your way. Got John Middlecoff coming up in about 20 minutes. Former NFL scout, host of the Three and Out podcast. Got the latest on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, But, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Doug, let me just ask this before we get into LeBron. How much money would you need to do the Aaron Rodgers cleanse? Like, if you got to do this 12-day cleanse of forced vomiting and other bodily functions and and, and medicine and milk and juice up your nose, what, what, what's the dollar amount for you to say, okay, I will do this for the next 12 days? Oh,
2: well, in negotiation, it's all the same, right? You throw out a really, really high number. <laughs> okay. Right? Yep. So I would say... Um, I would need a hundred grand. That would be a high, high number, but I'd, you know, it's like you start out high knowing that there's a reasonable place you'd end up landing on and you'd still like, if somebody's going to give you 50 grand to do it, you'd, everybody does it.
1: So you'd come down to 50, like you'd start at a hundred, but you would, but 50
2: is where you would stop. Yeah, probably about 50. I mean, I, I, you know, like I had 12 days. Some, I, I have to miss work for 12 days it's a, that's a lot man 12 days. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot 12 I mean even if you even if you sandwich it in with a couple weekends right so th- that that chews up four of your days and that's like eight other days you're missing of work so yeah i I'd, I'd probably stick more to the to the hundred maybe even a little bit more than 100 just out of the work thing alone
1: you don't think you'd but, be able to work I mean you you can't just say hey I need a minute to go force vomit and then come back and work I, I don't think so
2: you're supposed to be you're supposed to like shut everything off from society that, that would be the hardest part. Like, the um, forced vomiting would stink, but, you know, at least the first time you throw up, you'd actually feel you feel better. I don't know if anybody, how much of this forced vomiting I need to do. Okay. I could just do the, oh, no, I totally threw up there. Like, I would, <laughs> um, yeah, the cleansing thing, that would be weird, and the stuff you'd eat, and you'd probably be just starved, dying hungry, and weak. But I would say it's like six figures is a good somebody offers you 100 grand to do something for a, for a week and a half, you're gonna do it yeah, Oh, no, no, I think, I think that's I don't think I'd come down
1: off 100 grand though the, the way you describe it more about certain you know you have to be, I didn't know you have to shut everything out and not do anything, which is probably why he missed Instagram so much. oh, I got to come back out and, and, and come say back on I'm the grateful. gram. Yeah, I gotta come back. I gotta purify my body and then get on social media. That's that's Aaron Rodgers. First thing I gotta do, I gotta thank everybody on Instagram. Uh yeah, I I don't know that I would come more off a hundred grand, because boy, after those first couple of times that Force Vomiting, that would just be that would just be awful.
2: Oh, yeah, I I, I can't even imagine that. Not be not be fun at all. Just the mm. thought of it makes me want to throw up. That's. No. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's gonna <laughs> miss the rest of the show as he goes <laughs> with Force vomit. Shh. <laughs> Uh, So
1: last night in the NBA, we watched yet another incredible effort of DeMar DeRozan, who had another 35-point game, 37 points for DeRozan, uh, now tying the mark of most consecutive 35-point games in a row set by James Harden a couple of years ago. And while we marvel at DeRozan and how great it is for the Bulls to be good, because, look, when the heritage teams are good in sports, it's always better for the sport, and the Bulls have that amount of retro and excitement, the Bulls are good again, it's great for the sport. This is something I know, you know, we talked about earlier in the show, and you've been on Twitter talking about this, is that uh, the DeMar DeRozan success this year really underscores just how much the Lakers' failure of getting Russell Westbrook was because they could have had DeMar DeRozan if they wanted him.
2: They could have, yeah. As look, I, I've I've told people um, what has been reported is more true than than people know, which is the they had decided on trading for Buddy Heel. That trade was essentially agreed to and done. There were uh, there were sort of there was so, like you know they were kind of sticking points in terms of trading Taylor Horton Tucker signing trade for him or whatever. But but they had decided and. Sacramento was going to trade buddy healed and LeBron James and Anthony Davis like, nah, we, we want to have a third guy. You know, we need somebody to create shots for everybody else. One as, as LeBron ages and two when LeBron's out of the game or not even playing like the expectations are that neither of those guys are going to play all 82 and they, they did like interviews and DeRozan thought he was going to be the guy. He even told his friends, he's going to be the guy and instead, they chose Russell Westbrook. And then, you know, Demar Derozan. If you've been, if you haven't been paying attention to what he's been doing, um, you're you're missing one of the all-time heaters <laughs> in the in the NBA. And he's doing it really kind of Kobe Bryant style, right? Or mid-range, he's the master of the mid-range. Uh, he has been incredible. It wasn't just he had 37 last night. He had 37. On, uh, on how many shots it was like on on uh, 15 shots or something it was crazy 37 38 40 38 like those are these are the last couple games that he's had you know he's averaging 28.3 points per game in the month of February 36 points per game you know he took 20 excuse me 21 shots 15 of 21 so it's not just that he's killing it he's doing it shooting 60 percent you know, uh, 58% from the field and and doing it anti-analytic style, but different than LeBron, different than Anthony Davis, my guess is he would have fit in perfectly. And he plays defense as well, and he'll pass. So this was a major swing and a miss, whether it was GM LeBron James, GM Anthony Davis, or GM Rich Paul, that decision is one that 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 has hurt this team this year and next year.
1: See, and, and you're talking about the future of the Lakers, and, and this is a reason why... LeBron is going to end up leaving the Lakers and he's going to be a villain and he's going to be someone that the fans say, oh, man, yes, we won the title in 2020, but he's never been embraced. He's never been Kobe. He's never been Shaq. They just the the fan base just hasn't taken to him because he he's got the the image of, hey, I'm out here to win. I'm out here for the Lakers brand and to make my business better. Uh, That's what I am. And he's always been at arm's length with the organization, with the fans. And so when he goes, it's going to be oh, wow, yeah, you won the title in 2020, but now look at what's happened right now. The team is a mess. You know, they got no first-round picks until the Bobby Benilla situation is done. You know, they they were, they were didn't want to trade one in 2027 for John Wall. It's like, if you don't have one until then, why not, right? I mean, it's tw- what's one more year at this point? None of these guys are going to be running the Lakers in five years, so why not? But he's going to wind up going, and with the ever- evolving, boy, the mess of the Lakers, and they can't get out of it. With every growing loss, it's going to be LeBron just showed up, you know, did his thing, put his influence on the organization. It didn't work. Then he backed away and said, oop, okay, good luck. Boy, this team is a mess. I'm going to go play my last year in Cleveland with Bronny. Good luck, everybody. That's why I look at how it's going to end for LeBron here, and it's not going to be pretty. And it's going to be and, – and, and all that's left, I think, now is, is, is how – good you can make it there's no good outcome you know short of the team figuring things out in the off season and making some crazy trades and and go, but that's not going to happen he's going to wind up leaving the fan base is going to resent him because they turn the lakers into a dumpster fire and and that's how it that's how he's going to walk away from from this team and it, it's shocking to think but that's what i that's how i see it going
2: you know what's interesting is i, I agree that if it ends i don't i'm not convinced that it ends in L.A. when his contract runs out, you know, in a year and a half. But it it wouldn't stun me. I I think we can both – and just so people understand – uh, you're to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Jason McIntyre, Doug Gottlieb. I'm Jason li- Smith. Actually, Jason I'm sorry, McIntyre's Jason Smith. Dude. I'm sorry. I'm He's sorry, J- Jason Smith. That was Monday. My bad, dude. I just, I, it's kind of like you call it the Jason Smith show, and I do. That. I'm, I, I apologize. To you. But the point is, we both live in Southern California. So if you're listening to us in, you know, where Dan lives in Connecticut or wherever you are throughout the country, I, I can only tell you that though it may, it still feels weird. I think everybody to see him in a Lakers jersey. For Laker fans, like, he's on the Lakers, but not of the Lakers. I I, I hope, I'm, like, no one's going to say he's synonymous with the Lakers. And, like, it would be so forced if he leaves and, like, do you put his jersey up in the rafters? Like, it almost feels like that's kind of why he's doing it. So his jersey's up with... The most historic names in the history of basketball hanging in in what was Staples and now Crypto, right? So he's not really embraced like a true Laker. So I don't think he'd be a villain. On the other hand, yeah, I do think it'll end poorly because they basically depleted all their resources in order to try and make it work. Now, in fairness to LeBron, it ended poorly with Kobe, just the feelings weren't Because he had 60, because he was Kobe, because he won five titles, uh, and because of how he purported himself post-career, people don't remember just how ugly it was when they gave him that terrible contract, 48 million two years, when he was coming off Achilles tendon surgery, and they were bad, right? And kind of similarly, like Kobe's contract and the way Kobe played didn't allow them to be good. At all, at the end, that does feel like how it'll end with the Lakers.
1: And the reason I say the villain is because of how it's going to play out over time. If I thought the Lakers could immediately say, "Okay, we're moving on from the LeBron era, right? We're going to trade LeBron or LeBron's going to find his way away. We're free from that money. We're going to free up. We're going to trade Anthony Davis and we're going to reset, right? We're going to get Zion. We're going to get Damian Lillard. We're going to come in. Okay, hey, we were able to do it, right? It's not LeBron, but we're able to continue to stay competitive. We're bringing in a couple of more stars. But they're not going to be able to do that, and that's why the resentment's just going to grow over time. It's like it's like when you have a breakup with someone and you think you're okay, and then as time goes on, it's like you just start obsessing over it, and every day you're going, "Man, that I can't believe that that she did that. I can't believe I, I can't believe I oh I went through that." And every day it just until you can move on and find somebody else, you just getting that down that darker, darker path, and that that's kind of how I see things with the Lakers. It's the, the longer they go where they suck, it's go, it's not going to be boy Rob. Linka screwed this up, and, and, and I can't believe Jeannie Buss and Linda Rambis couldn't figure. It's going to be LeBron screwed us. He showed up and, and he tried to to run the franchise, and he was. And they allowed him to do his thing, and none of it worked. And then he just walked away. Like that's why I think he's going to get the venom because of how the after effects are going to go and how long it's going to take the Lakers to come out of this.
2: I don't know. I mean, you know, part of it was Chris Bosch had to retire early, but. He didn't leave Miami in great shape. He didn't leave Cleveland in good shape either time, and, and n- never was he seen as the villain in Cleveland or the villain in Miami nationally for leaving. So I, I you know, and now look, he had great success in Miami: two titles, four finals, four years on a on a championship-built team where they. Uh, it was it was brilliant, not just building up Miami. And joining Dwayne Wade's club, but taking Chris Bosh, which took two playoff competitors of the East out of the way. Right, It was it, it was amazing what they were able to do. But he still, he left it in shambles. He left Cleveland in shambles two times over. And he was never made to be the villain in Cleveland because of it. I don't think he'd be made to make, be the villain in L.A. It, it would just be, well... It would just be very transactional, which is how LeBron handles all these team relationships. He has no emotional ties to them. And I think the Lakers don't have true emotional ties to him. I think it's just a business relationship.
1: All right. To bring this full circle here back, we started with talking about DeMar DeRozan with this and how they could have had him and maybe things would be different. Can he win the MVP? I Can he? Sure, this why not? is the second heater he's been. I remember that heater right around Chris. And, it, you know, it was the holidays, and I don't think it got as much attention. But what did he win, four games in a row with a last-second shot? I mean, he's had that heater. He's had this heater. I mean, I think he should be at the top of any MVP discussion.
2: Well, I mean, you still look at what Jokic is doing. They still don't have Jamal Murray. I mean, he's got it. I, I don't know why he's not. And Joel Embiid has been incredible this year. He's probably the most talented uh, player in the league in terms of you got size, athleticism, overall skill set, and as long as he stays healthy, he'll be he'll he'll be a favorite to win it. I, you know, I still think you have Giannis has got to be in the discussion. John Morant, I mean, I know he got hurt again last night, whatever, but John Morant's team is legit, and John Morant is kind of unguardable in the regular season. I don't know if the shooting. He's been able to hit shots. I don't know what the shooting looks like when he gets to the postseason. And then you have LeBron. So can he? Yes. Will he? No. DeMar Dorison won't win the MVP. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works with you to to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense.
1: Now wait. You mentioned LeBron there at the end in 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 in, in, in your 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 talk there. Look, Jokic, I could see the fatigue of not voting for him because you know he won it last year. James Harden's going to get a lot of the attention now if the Sixers start winning, really winning. Oh well, look at the addition of James Harden. That's going to hurt Embiid. Is is LeBron really an MVP? Is he at the point where he's is he still making the Lakers better or is he kind of just getting his? Like is he wow you know is he is he at the point where he was in his career where whenever he's on the floor everything he's making everybody better or is he at the point now where he's getting his stats?
2: Well, I think there's a little bit of both. I mean, look, they're better with him. Um, do I think all of his points and when he was playing center helped them win? The answer is no, right? Because the mismatch that he had on the offensive end was a mismatch on the defensive end, and he's frankly hurt them. But I I I truly believe this. Um, LeBron is scoring one it does help him with he wanted to pass Kareem's record he wants to cement his legacy that that's important to him but it's also an, it's also they need his scoring they just don't have that elsewhere so some of it is out of uh, of kind of greed and desire for legacy stats and some of it is also out of pure necessity based upon this team when they don't they didn't have Anthony Davis who else is going to put the ball in the basket and some of it is is the fact that This hasn't been mentioned. You know, there's a, when he was playing center and he was on a heater, that was during a time when it seemed like half the league was out with COVID. And he's, and you're going, half the game, you're going against either backups or G League players. So the stats, and it's not just him, the stats for everybody aren't necessarily telling in the first half of the season because of all those factors.
1: Twitter at How About Afresca, Doug at Gottlieb Show, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. Coming up next, we get to the National Football League. Are we really going to get an Aaron Rodgers decision? Are we going to get a decision on another quarterback who potentially could be coming back to play? Keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show
2: on Fox Sports Radio. If you're a valued customer, oh, if you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. That's why Discover matches all the cash back you earned at the end of your first year. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at slash match. Limitations apply.
1: It is the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Dan. We we step over each other all the time in our conversation. It's all good. Uh, Doug. We're going to have John Middlecoff on in a couple minutes, a former NFL scout, three and out podcast comes on the Dan Patrick show all the time. We're going to talk Aaron Rodgers, potentially a decision coming soon over whether he's going to come back, whether he's going to get traded, whether he's going to retire. Um, I, I can't see retiring being on the table. Right? Of, of all the of the three possible outcomes because there's only three outcomes unless he decides, well screw this if guys are getting 18 million dollars a year, I'm gonna go announce the games. I don't have to worry about getting hit at all. Uh, I, I really don't see retiring being on the table. I, I, if, if, if it, that was the case, I think we would he would have done that already and we would have seen that and it, it's going to be one of the other two. I think that's by far and away the third option.
2: I, I think retiring is the if they won't trade him that's that's where retirement comes from because he, he can't he's under contract. It's very important for people to mention, remember, like they have, they do, in no way do they have to trade him. None. Zero. And in no way does he get to make a a clear decision on where he's going to go and what he's going to do. He can say, you know, I want to play somewhere else, but they, they do not have to trade him. He is under contract with the Green Bay Packers, I believe for two more years, because we never got any clarity as to whether or not they changed the contract, which had two years left. Um... It's just like Devontae Adams, you know, Devontae Adams can, you know, they can franchise tag him if they, they, well now they can negotiate a long-term deal or they could still trade him if they franchise tag him, but putting the tag on him simply says like, yeah, we're we're controlling your fate. That's the nature of these contracts. It's not even a franchise tag. Aaron Rodgers is under contract, at least for this year, and again, based. Uh, on the, the 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 contract when it was signed, two more years. So that's important to mention. I think the retirement thing is simply, that's the that's the clause he's going to try and trigger. Now, if he retires and he wants to play somewhere else, it becomes kind of the standoff, like you had with with Brett, Brett Favre, with Carson Palmer, and uh, the Packers can trade him or the Packers can allow him to retire. Uh, either way, it's it. it You know, at that point, you would say, well, you know, what are you going to do? You get some value out of it. But they may stick their feet in the ground and say, we're not trading him. No, thanks. We want him.
1: With us now on the hotline, he's on Twitter at John Middlecoff. That is at John Middlecoff, former NFL scout with the Eagles, host of the Three and Out podcast on the volume sports. You hear him on the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio here all the time. All right, John, where are you? The most likely outcome for Aaron Rodgers of the three, most least likely outcome. What do you think it is?
0: Yeah, I would have said uh, before the season and midseason, even when it was going well, he was it was his last year in Green Bay, you know, goodbye, swan song, MVP, number one seed, and they lost, and you're like, ah. Uh. And the way he's kind of acted, it does feel like the chances of him going back are pretty strong. I disagree, Doug, that if he wanted out, like if he went NBA, like you have to trade me, I do think they would trade him just because his value is so sky high – what are you going to do, you know, if he doesn't want to be there? But it, he's not giving off those vibes right now. You know, Russell Wilson kind of gives off those vibes. But I'll give Aaron credit on this. Unlike Russell, Aaron, for the last 12 months, you know, maybe not 12 months, but since the season started, has been pretty open with where he stands and the way he's talked. And I watched Gutekind's press conference well a couple of days ago. It does feel, and I, Gutekind deserves a lot of credit on this, their relationship is pretty good. We know how good the uh, – the coach, how much Aaron likes LaFleur, but I think he, Gudikins deserves a lot of credit for figuring out a way, because they don't teach you that in scout school. You, you either have know how to deal with people or you don't. Uh, and especially Aaron, let's face it, it's a little different. But Gudikins, to me, deserves a lot of credit for just figuring out, kissing his butt's probably the wrong way to put it, but just, you know, placating to him a little.
2: Well, I'm creating a relationship there. It, it, there has to be some, by the way, you working on a cold there, bud? Is that what's yeah what's the, head, going on? the head the the cold is out of retirement. It's
0: like Eric Weddle. It's back now.
2: You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's one of the problems of playing golf every single day. That's like you're gonna at some point you're gonna run into weather. John Middlecoff, three and out, uh, former NFL scout, former assistant in college as well. Okay, so are you now of the camp that he's that he's staying? That he's gonna get a new contract?
0: Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty likely that he stays. I, I you know, I, I would have said it was like he's good as gone. Now I feel like fifty-fifty. It's either he goes to Denver or he stays in Green Bay. I mean, ultimately, from a football perspective, and I think the more he realizes this, they'll do whatever it takes and they'll keep winning. And the division stinks. How would Green Bay not be a twelve-win team next year? I mean, they're they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. I, we I, we can't just say that about Denver. Everyone's like, oh, he'll be so good in Denver. They haven't won in forever. They have a first-time head coach, and I know it's Aaron's guy, but you know you can win in Green Bay. Because if Aaron comes back, that means Devontae's coming back, they'll sign some contracts, they'll move some money around, and they'll add to the team.
1: Are they really that close to being a championship team? I and mean, We watched them with home field this year. They couldn't score against the Niners. They had a home playoff game last year. They didn't get enough done on offense. They still have a long ways to go. I mean, We, we have this image of, of, of the Packers, oh, boy, they're right there, but are they really right there?
0: Well, I think their problem is they're actually better suited to play on the road in the playoffs than at home yep. because, you know, in January it's negative it's 10 and it's just freezing cold. And their best attribute is their quarterback and their wide receiver. And it's just, you know, if that game wasn't San Francisco or Levi Stadium in round two, it would have been much harder for the Niners to win that game. Now, obviously the Niners would have been better on offense, but the Green Bay would have been dramatically better on offense. So the problem is going to be is they're always going to win that division, now, do they have the best record? They have home field throughout, but to me, as long as you have Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it's a quarterback league. Now, yeah. is they have team have some flaws, but you know, J. Alexander missed the majority of the year. He's a really good player. The safety Savage is good. Kenny Clark's good. If you can bring back some of those older pass rushers that are free agents, and you, as long as you got Aaron Jones,
2: Aaron Rodgers, and Devonte Adams, I mean that's. It's pretty darn good, isn't it? Well, remember they they didn't have Bactiarii either. I, I'm sure yeah. they'll I'm sure they'll restructure that new deal. They've always drafted well with offensive linemen. So they you know, and then the and, first, and then and AJ Dillon got hurt in that game as well. I mean, part of the part of the running attack, he's the he's the power to Aaron Jones. I think they're, I think they're. I I also thought Goodenkunst, he he framed it correctly. I don't know if you guys heard part of that press conference. He's like, we're just as close as anybody. You know, we're and and that. I think is an accurate assessment, especially, especially in, the, in the NFC. Um, oh, okay, let, help, help me out. I was, I was kind of explaining to Jason what I had heard about Biennemi in terms of as a head coach. But the story out today is he's back as a Kansas City offensive coordinator. This was very much in doubt. Why? What, what, what's going on there in Kansas City between and the and Mahomes and the rest of that staff? Well, there was an article last week about
0: Mahomes and his relationship, and it's not normal to have a situation where the guy signs a contract, you know, at the end of February, you know, especially with a team that's had that much success. So <clears throat> clearly they had some stuff to work out. And I would imagine, I don't I don't have any inside information on this, that they had to just make sure everyone was on the same page. And I think that was the quarterback, him, and Coach Reed. And let's face it, Coach Reed is the boss on this one. So, he must have felt comfortable with bringing him back. I mean, the media, I, I, you know, it has a different vibe. I mean, he's had 15 head coaching interviews, and he hasn't got a job. So, you know, he's not some perfect candidate. And, and he almost, like, let's call a spade a spade, he almost got fired in Kansas City. I, I don't know all the details of what happened, but that's where it was headed. You know, fired, not renewed, whatever, but not, not retained. So, you know, he should be very, very thankful that whatever played itself out, and then he's still there because it is an incredible job to have, right? I mean, you get Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it does it get much better.
1: Is, is it is it part of the relationship? You know, Doug talked about how you know maybe Mahomes, you know, he wouldn't be his favorite guy, but if it was really that bad, they, they, they would have let him go. No, I mean, if it was really, really that bad. They would said, okay, we're making a move, and and, and we're, you're not going to be the OC anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, Kansas City's not like New England. You know, it's not like an angry place. So even if you have some, quote-unquote, discomfort or people aren't on the same page, you know, you can talk your way through it. You know, I mean, I think that starts with Andy. Is it's, it's a very – it's not like the contentious nature of football. He has a unique feel for that. So even if you have some disagreements or guys aren't on the same page, he's pretty good at mending fences or getting everyone on the same page. Especially, I mean, they like Eric bien personally. You know, he's a good football coach. But clearly there was some uh, – there was a discontent. There was a gap between, I think, the quarterback and him. And, you know, clearly they probably spent some time over the last couple months or since they lost that game figuring out how to get back on the same page. And and they, he, Andy must feel that he has no problem with it moving forward or he would not have done this.
2: Uh, what do you think happens to Jimmy G? I think he gets traded. You know, but, but where? But where?
0: Well, I mean, I think it depends on, you know, if Roger stays in Green Bay, that means Denver doesn't have a quarterback. They're going to need something. Pittsburgh, you know, does Deshaun Watson get traded? If he does in the next week, then a team will try to trade for Deshaun Watson probably before Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I, I would say Denver would be in play if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get traded. I'd say Pittsburgh would be in play if they don't get a quarterback. And I, I have a hard time seeing Donnie and Jimmy Garoppolo wanting to go to the Commanders. You know, I mean, Dan, I just, I, I can't see that. So, I mean, to me, to me, Denver and Pittsburgh would make a lot of sense. He can, he has a no trade clause. So, I mean, it's, it's not your nineteen, you know, ninety-one Al Davis. I'm going to trade you wherever the hell I want to trade you. It's, they're going to work together. They, you know, it's, it's a very healthy relationship. So they're going to try to, but ultimately, someone's going to have to want them. You know, and I know Schefter said on the PFF podcast. I think part of it is I bet Kyle is like, I just don't want to give this guy away. And I think the football guys are like, well, Kyle, I mean, we have $27 million worth of cap space that we can use to build it around Trey Lance. Because Kyle, there's no way he would know for sure, like, I can go back to the playoffs with Trey Lance right now. He may feel a lot better about that after OTAs. But for the last four months, once the season started, besides two games that Trey Lance started – Kyle, you're not developing guys during NFL season, especially when your head coach is the offensive coordinator. You're just focused on, you know, the game planning and trying to score points that week. So Kyle will really get to put his hands on Trey Lance, you know, starting in OTAs. And I I bet right now he's probably, you know, I'm I'm not saying he's not bullish on his career, but ultimately in 2022, like, he wants to compete for the Super Bowl. And uh, I could see where Kyle, like, has to be, I don't know, talked into it, but like, The best we can get is a fifth-round pick. I can see Kyle be like, screw that, what does a fifth-round pick do for us? Now if they get a third-round pick, which ultimately, let's face it, quarterback inflation they'll probably end up getting, I, I think you have to do it.
1: You just you mentioned Deshaun Watson in there, and, and we had the the report a day ago that teams could potentially be interested in him as long as the criminal aspect of his case is, is solved by the beginning of April. Obviously, the civil aspect is going to take a long time. Are teams really in on Deshaun Watson? Like like, hey, we're, we're monitoring this and we are going to pounce on him. Are they really thinking he's like option A for us right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I've said
0: form until everything was cleared up, but together. You know, he's heard multiple teams are ready to trade for him, you know, potentially at, you know, the combine, league op, before the league year starts to have a deal in place uh, without those being figured out. So, you know, we can stay what we would do, but ultimately we have a long history of pro sports in these situations, basketball, football, and baseball, when guys of his talent, uh, you know, especially the power of a quarterback that I, I, yeah, I expect him to get traded at this point. You know, I, I really do. He's just, now, I think you could go also on the other side, like, if you're the Texans, you're, if, if it's not figured out, are you getting maximum value? Would it, be, would it behoove you to wait a little bit to see if they do go away to get that extra you know, first-round pick? If someone's only going to give you two ones and two twos right now just because of the uncertainty of his legal situation? Uh, I just
2: think there are so many variables in this. It makes it very, very complicated. Yeah, because I would think, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong here. The team that makes a lot of sense if the off the field didn't wasn't there would be the Steelers. Apparently, you know, there's a there's a mutual ap- appreciation with him and Flores. I, I'm, everybody thinks Mike Tomlin be awesome to play for. They need a quarterback. He kind of has some Big Ben, you know, better better version athletically of Big Ben, but in terms of holding the ball a little bit too long, like they've they've lived with that for a, for a long time. Um, and you have a new GM who would love to break out of the this is how Pittsburgh's always done it sort of syndrome. The problem is I just don't know how that works with the off-the-field stuff, especially in a place like Pittsburgh.
0: You, you would think Denver would
2: be, if they don't get Rogers would be very, very involved.
0: I, I also think the curveball in this whole situation is Mr. Twitter, uh, Russell Wilson, you know, is, does he have the stones to just demand a trade? Like, here's what I will say about Rodgers. If Rodgers wants out, he's going to tell him he wants out. Feels like Russell's, like, sitting on the fence. Like, you know, I kind of want to go, but I kind of want to play here because he hates thinking about people hating him and all this equity he's built up in Seattle. He doesn't want to totally ruin that. And if you ask for a trade, like, ultimately fans are going to be mad. But, you know, eventually, if he wants out, he's going to have to tell him because under no circumstances are they going to trade him. But. If he demands a trade, you know you could just you could argue that you know they bought low, they got ten years out of them. I don't know if I would do this, but I, I would understand if you could get you know Howie Roseman to give you four first round picks for him. That maybe it's just time to reset the franchise and get a guy that doesn't really want to be there or out of there. But uh, you just you know I, I feel he's very hesitant to put himself
2: out on a limb and ask for what he actually wants. Jason, excuse me for one sec. Uh, See, I, I think, I agree with you, but I think if we compare Seattle and Green Bay, right, the difference is, as you pointed out, Green Bay is right there, right there in any discussion, and they're far and away the best team in that division, whereas Seattle, not close to being right there, and... You know, even with all the flaws of Arizona, Arizona won 10 games this year. was in the playoffs. The Rams won the Super Bowl. San Francisco almost went to an, and won the Super Bowl. Like, I, I know that people don't judge their current situation based upon their division. Most quarterbacks don't. They, they're, those guys think they're good enough that if I'm healthy, we're going to be fine. But the reality is Seattle as a franchise should consider it more than Green Bay should ever consider it because of where they stand in their division and where they stand talent-wise.
0: The one thing I think, if I was John Schneider, where I'd push back, I'd go, "Well, we went three and three in our division. We swept San Francisco. We beat the living, you know what, out of Arizona week 18 when they had to win to win the division. We killed them. When you know we lost some games when Russell missed with his messed up finger. You know Rashad Penny at the end of the year. I think he was the leading rusher in December. Now that was a short sample size, but so if we get a running game, we got some receivers. Now the defense. I mean, we got a new defensive staff." And it's never going to be what it once was. But if Russell is playing at a Pro Bowl level, we can compete because we can hang with everyone in the division. And we can, Their problem always is they lose these games to, like, the Lions and, and like, the Jags. Like, they, they lose random games. Actually, to me, they play pretty well in the division. But, uh, you know, overall, yeah. Are they uh, talent-wise, top to bottom, as good as some of these other teams in the playoffs? Probably not. And they just don't have the wiggle room because they don't have the picks. And cap-wise, they're kind of screwed up. Um, but to me, if Russell Wilson is playing at an elite level, I mean, I, I've just seen them so many times live over the years playing the Niners, and I watch so much NFC West football. I always take them seriously if if Russell's humming.
1: He's on Twitter at John Middlecoff. That is at John Middlecoff, host of the Three and Out podcast on volume sports. John, as always, thanks for taking your time with us here on Fox. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Enjoy, fell. See you. Feel better there, Johnny. John uh, John does not normally sound... Uh, that Grovelly, he he had the he had the Grovelly voice working those solid solid stuff. He's doing
1: the Aaron Rodgers cleanse. That's what that's what happened. He tried to come on here for 15 minutes, and that's what did did it to him.
2: He's doing the cleanse. Fair enough. Fair
1: enough. Um, hey, so real quick, the the funny thing about Rodgers is is John makes a great point. Is that we've seen that if you're a star. You go scorched earth, you'll get what you want, right? Whether you're James Harden or anybody else. You go scorched earth, you can get out, get what you want. And Russell Wilson, it's like, I want out, but I, I want to still be the good guy. And look, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go out and be the bad guy, which is why he's been doing this dance for so long. It, and it's, it's, a, it's a rough lesson, but that's one thing that stars need to know is, boy, if I really want out, I go scorched earth, I'll get out. If I don't, teams are going to wait until they absolutely have to make a move. And if Russell Wilson had done a trade me, I want out right now, I'm gone, well, things would be different for him.
2: Uh, yes and no. I think that, remember, last offseason, Deshaun Watson wanted out. Aaron Rodgers wanted out. Russell Wilson wanted out. None of those teams even engaged in trade discussions. The The Texans thing didn't happen until – after the season started, it became a foregone conclusion they weren't getting him back. They they couldn't get – so the, the the issue is that sounds – the NFL very much does not want to be the NBA. They feel – those guys, those front office people feel like that's one of the things that really hurts the NBA is the not just the power of the players but the changing of jerseys. The, one of the things that's great about the NFL is – Obviously, Brady late in his career. Philip Rivers, Joe Montana. These guys late in their career. Oftentimes, they play for one new team. But the power of every t- Sunday I turn on, and Dak Prescott's the quarterback of the Cowboys. Quarterback of the Cowboys, and Tom Brady was with the Patriots, and Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. The the quarterbacks become synonymous with the team. And I I don't I don't think there there hasn't been for the most part like Jalen Ramsey, who has the same agent as Deshaun Watson. Jalen Ramsey forced his way out of Jacksonville, but one, that was Jacksonville, and two, was a cornerback, it's, it's proven much harder to do as a quarterback.
1: Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan Patrick. Coming up next, speaking of quarterbacks, one quarterback I kind of dare this team to not trade him. That's next right here, Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
0: And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Fox Sports Radio, it is the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. Happy Friday. And uh, I, I'd like to say that I knew this was coming, and that's why we mentioned Russell Wilson and being the bad guy if he really wants out of Seattle. But I swear to God, I didn't know until we got this story coming in right now a couple of minutes ago. Uh, thanks to John Middlecoff for stopping by, talking NFL with us. We got to quarterbacks. We got to Russell Wilson situation for a couple of minutes there at the end. And uh, we talked about, hey, needing to be the bad guy if you want out and go scorched earth. Well, it's not quite scorched earth, but... Russell Wilson has purged his Twitter bio and profile photo of all mentions of the Seahawks this happening just a little bit ago. He changed his Twitter profile picture from him in a Seahawks uniform to a snapshot that showed him in a jersey during his prep school days in his native Virginia. So, here it is, Doug, and you know, one of my favorite things that, that you say all the time is, it's awesome that we can get someone hitting a like button or a retweet button and getting four hours worth of drama. Uh, what What do you lay into this that now here's russell wilson being the latest guy to scrub his team off of his social media profile
2: it it's it's like so pathetically immature but it's like the times it's like it's it's the hey k- hey kids like i'm can i be cool now sort of thing right uh the steve Buscemi, uh what w- you know what's up fellow teenagers i, I that's w- that's, what it, <laughs> that's what it feels like to me right it just does Wait, this is how you do it, Kyler Murray. You you take, and that's how everybody knows you're mad. You're big mad. So, uh, look, the quarterback market is going to be a big one, and and he hasn't been willing to. But you don't have to do it that way. What, why do you have to be public about it? You just go to John Snyder and say, I want out. Find me a new home. You know. Now, if you go through those steps and they don't take you seriously, you know, then you kind of got to go scorched earth. But this idea that it, it's the same thing as people say, It's okay. you know, you can work out without posting it on Instagram. It, it's okay. <laughs> you, can, you can have new shoes that you get or a new car or any sort of life-changing event without posting it. Um, so, Go to lunch. I'm going to put yes. my lunch on social media. Look what I had for lunch today. That's one of my favorites. Yes. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I think he's telling you what, if, if we use Kyler Murray as our g- gauge, like, I, I, I don't I don't think anyone truly knew Kyler was that unhappy, but then that comes out, and now it's like, wait, oh, you're unhappy, Kyler? Tell me more about it. That's what this one feels like.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, for all of this, we talk about the immaturity in social media, is I always have to remember how seriously athletes treat social media, right? Like, I, I like to think that I, I know how to run Twitter pretty well. I say what I want to say, interact how I want to interact, but for for many athletes, social media is It, it is the lifeblood of everything. They, you know, look, the attention we pay when someone says something or retweets something or likes something. So when an athlete does something on social media, this is not just, hey, I'm doing this for a whim. I want to pay an homage to my high school days or my prep days. No, this is I want to send a message. And again, this is Russell Wilson. Hey, I just kind of want to send a message. I don't want to be the bad guy. I just want to send a message. I wish he would just say... Now I want out. I'm sorry it hasn't worked out because he clearly is someone that has for a long time had the grass is greener itch. And when you get that itch of things maybe different someplace else, it's impossible to go back and say, no, I'm going to choose the road less traveled. I wish he would just say, I want out and let's make it happen because the Seahawks would do it. They would, they would make it happen at this point. We already knew what they wanted for him last year. They wanted a bunch of first round picks and if you really want to call for it, so yeah, I would. That's what you got to do. Forget about this. Go go full. You got to go scorched earth. Go scorched earth and do it. You'll get your trade.
2: I I I don't think you have to go scorched earth publicly. I just I just don't. Uh, but but also Russell is one of those guys that he he just he wants to be liked. He wants to be seen as normal. He wants to be just like all the. I mean, you know, he sits next. Kind of him sitting next to Roger Goodell the last two years. I'm sure he's sitting there going, like, look at these last two quarterbacks that won it. They left their previous home and immediately went to and won the Super Bowl. But there's also the, like, he just he's the guy that sits that 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 brings the apple to the teacher. He's the guy that sits next to the, he he so badly wants to be liked and be cool that sometimes it does damage to the fact that he's a damn good quarterback and maybe one on his way out of Seattle. Brown knows it, Brown. Nose.
1: All right, real quick, Doug, last 10 seconds. Percentage yes. chance Wilson gets traded. Uh
2: 70